I'm Gabs. And I'm Liz. And welcome, and welcome to, to Their Tropes, Tropes Battles, Battles for, Dominance. for Dominance. Yay! Yay. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to say, uh, hey guys, my normal microphone broke randomly on uh, the other night. Like, it just literally stopped working, like, uh, Monday night. Um, don't know what happened. I've had it for over two years now, and, or three years now, I think, and it's never done me dirty, so I'm very sad about it. But I do still have my Blue Yeti that I got for free and then realized when I set it up that it didn't fit with the space. Like it, um, if you can't tell the quality is significantly lower than my other mic has been. Um, I'm having to project my voice a lot louder than I was able to talk in a normal tone with my other old one. Um, part of the issue too is I have my AC in the window next to me and it's, um, it's one of those portable unit ones. So like the window is open and even though my AC is off, you hear the noises from outside and those get picked up over my voice and the space I'm in is just not really conductive to like a nicer quality mic. Like it, it's trying really hard to pick up everything as opposed to just my voice, if that makes sense. So um, you guys are going to have to bear with me because I don't have like, I don't really want to pay to get another mic when I have one that works. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit less good. Um, but you know, we, our tests showed that it was decent. So um, if it's like a noticeable issue, let us know. What's that email again, Liz? Uh, tropedominance at gmail.com. Thanks, Liz. So yeah, if, there's, if you guys like have an issue with it, you can let us know. And if uh, even one person said something, I'd probably be more tempted to fix it. Um, but for now, it's been a crazy busy few weeks. Sorry we missed recording again. Uh <laughs> That's that's on me. I literally had like my finals week of my last summer class, which had like three papers due in one week and a final. And then I literally I did my final and I literally drove up to Gabs and Nick's. Yeah. And of course, we're not going to record. We we don't record in person. But also like last time we recorded in person, like it was hard. Like it it was it was not it was not like work. It did not work well. It's hard to like share the same mic and then like also like headphone situation and like it was just yeah and then I I drove home on Sunday and then Monday morning I literally left for vacation with my parents and I came back on Thursday and I felt like shit when I came back and I honestly like like, I think I like forgot to even mention it like I was also just like a carcass on my couch (laughs) until like eight o'clock at night like I felt awful so it's like literally like we did not physically have the time to record before last week yeah on me i am sorry no don't worry liz it's fine because like honestly i didn't want to either like um it's been crazy i've been crazy busy with work because tldr i'm hr i i work in hr and it was our open enrollment and for those of you guys in the corporate world you know how crazy that can be administratively so um, I've just been very busy since I was basically co-running all of open enrollment this year. And then just a lot of stuff going on with work. Um, and then my gr- last semester grad school started on Wednesday and I'm already drowning. Um, and it was syllabus week and I'm drowning. So wish me luck. Um, and other news though, more fun news. I read fourth wing finally mm-hmm. and oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, sorry. I'm like, I want to, like, have, like, a little, like, the fucking 2013 squee moment right now. Just thinking about the book. Ah! Like, I have not been this, like, drawn and obsessed with a book in years. The last time I read something that made me feel this way was college, like, freshman year of college when I was getting back into reading and the bookseller recommended Throne of Glass to me and I devoured that thing. That is how I felt with Fourth Wing. Oh my god! I'm like still freaking out about it. And the next one comes out in like November or October or something. So tomorrow I'm literally going to Barnes and Noble to see if they'll like help me reserve a copy or something. Cause like I don't know. I I, I like I want to get my discount at Barnes and Noble that I have. But then also like Barnes and Noble doesn't online. It doesn't let you like pre-order. So I'm like please like I. This is like one of the, it's like the thing on Book Talk. And I know when the sequel comes out, it's going to be impossible to get my hands on unless I have a copy reserve. So I'm like, yeah, praying that they let me in it. Cause like, Liz, have you they seen it on Book Talk? I know it's they, not your thing, but like, they have you don't seen it? Yeah, I hear everyone talking about, but Barnes and Noble doesn't let you do like pre orders for like in store pickup day of release. Not online. 
I'm like 90% sure I've done it in person before, but online you can't do day of for like pickup. That's so stupid. Unless they have it in stock, which I agree is so stupid. Even if you do it like the day before, it doesn't let you. My local bookstore. I know. Which is a teeny tiny local bookstore lets me do that online. I know. And like, so I was, I was like debating between, um, when I was doing my pre-order for Crescent City, I was debating between, uh, doing my local bookstore for near my parents because I'm moving back there by the time that book comes out. And I was like, oh, I could pick it up there. But then I'm like, but I had um, a gift card from Barnes & Noble. So I really wanted to use Barnes & Noble. But I was like, I want it day of. And I don't want to buy two copies of the book. So mm-hmm. I did a fucking, <laughs> I did a Kindle pre-order so that I'll have it like midnight release. And that so I can start reading it immediately. And then when Barnes & Noble's opens, I'll drive over and then switch to the physical book because I must prefer the physical book. Damn. <laughs> I'm dedicated. No other series I would probably do that for. Well, um, like even with Fourth Wing, like I'm so excited for it, but I'm, I'm just going to go pick it up like day of. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to take off work to read this one, though. To be honest, I might like not take off work, but I'll probably like not do half my work to read the book. <laughs> um, but I am already planning to take like a full day off when the new Crescent City book comes out and just devour that thing because, oh my God. Ah, anybody who's into it knows like they left on like a massive cliffhanger and it's like the fucking cinematic universe of her books and it's uh, I'm, mm, I'm literally like this is such a good book season for me and Liz I know that like we talked briefly a few weeks ago Liz is like help me like get into like fantasy but don't like help me get into fantasy she's like tell me like a book or two like a good recommendation yeah. Liz fourth wing fourth wing fourth, wing. <laughs> fourth yeah. oh my god it's it's Okay, like, I know you're not into, like, the fantasy type stuff, right? But, like, the dragons are really cool, and the dra- like the dragons are sick as fuck. Like, I'm, I'm obsessed with how the dragons are, like, exist in this universe. I think they're really fucking cool, and, like, the mythical aspect of it is really cool. But it's definitely more focused on, like, the politics and um, also, like, horniness, and it's so good. Oh, my God! You know, you got me, maybe, maybe, like, I enjoy politics. That's my favorite part of science fiction. Mm -hmm. Literally, I'm reading Dune, and in the second half, I'm like, can we get back to the fucking, like, politics? You're so real for that. Like, like, I understand, like, we're in, like, the desert, and we're, like, learning to ride the sandworms, but, like, can they start talking about politics again? (laughs) And I I mean, I'll say, like, there's a, again, there's a lot of focus on you know, the um, dragon mythical fantasy aspect of it, but it, it's not, it's very, like, in my opinion, it's it's very seamless with the politics, uh-huh. and the politics, it's really cool to follow because you have the politics of the humans that intersect with the dragon's politics, and, like, yeah. the dragons are sentient creatures, and, you know, like, more, like, godlike creatures than anything, and That's and it's nice. just really, it's really cool, and... Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off here, because I feel like we will talk, I will, you, ah, yes. you love it so much, and I love you, and I love how much you love it, but I feel like you will talk about it for another I, I won't five stop. to ten minutes. I won't minutes. stop, I won't stop. Um, yeah. yeah. So, this isn't me being mean, guys. No, I just, it's okay. Mean guys are the same way about yeah. things that we enjoy. Yes. Um, um, I think I've done this to you about Dune. Don't worry. But, yeah. yeah. All I'm going to say, guys, is it, I, like, knocked it. I didn't try it for, like, um, two months because I was like, definitely the hype is not worth it. It's so worth it. Go read it. Go read it. Like, Brittany Broski sound. Go read this right now. <laughs> you all Brittany, need to read this. Uh, can I say that, like, we... I, I have, I have officially gotten Gabs in as an official member of Broski Nation. Oh my god, absolutely. We, she and I are the same person. <laughs> bro, literally, this week's Broski report, the one that I texted you about, uh-huh. literally, I, I commented on that YouTube video and said, I have never felt more seen in my life. Thank <laughs> you. You do not fucking understand. I like, oh I like, I always liked Brittany Broski, guys, but like, I wasn't like Broski Nation. And then when Liz came up, we were, we were like watching some videos together and and um, she made me watch the, or she made, I asked if we could watch the one where she talks about Throne of Glass and stuff and we're talking and I, twice, two times within five minutes of watching the episode, I go, oh, she needs to do this. And then t- not even five seconds later, she goes, oh, I need to do this. Or then like, I'm like, oh my God, that reminds me of so-and-so. And then she goes, anyway, so yeah, that reminds me of so-and-so. And I was like, what the fuck? So um, Brittany... Hit, hit my line. I know we'd be besties. I um I know that the five people listening to this would love to have her on. So yeah, our our, our, our super large viewership base, massive, it's massive worth, viewship. It's worth it. Um, uh, otherwise, 
Sorry um, to talk about books for 10 minutes, Liz. No, How have it's you okay. been? I've, I've been reading, I'm reading Crime and Punishment, so my book's not as fun to talk about. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I guess we can just do like a little plug for CCE really quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, will it? Because this is coming out next Friday. No, this right? comes out today. We're releasing oh. this late. But, hi, yeah, it's Friday when we're recording. Like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We, we so, um, next Friday, uh, next weekend is Colossal Con East. Sorry, I just want to get the whole schedule up because yes. we each have a couple of panels yes. and like things we're doing. Um, and I want to get like room numbers. Just oh, know. I don't even know mine. Um, don't worry, I got this. So, what do you want me to um, talk while? So they tr- So our panel is. Our, our panel together for their Tropes Battle for Dominus. We're doing a History of Omegaverse um, at 8 p.m. on Friday in Whoa! Events 6. Um, we, me and my other friend Sky, we have a VTuber panel where if you just want to learn about, like, the three major English corporations and, like, the talents in those and you're not into VTubers at all, you could come and see us at 12 p.m. in Events 4. And then also, that's also on Friday. And also on Friday, me and Sky are also performing in the Idol Showcase at 4 p.m. in Events 1. Um, Saturday at 10 a.m., which is a very early. Yeah. Um, we, me and Sky have another panel called That Time I Got Reincarnated as an Anime Fan in 2012 in Events 2, where we'll go over, you know, just basically being reincarnated in like your middle school life and being an anime fan then. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday, one second, because I need to get yours too, Gabs. Um, oh, what so, time is your panel noon. at? I want to say noon, but I'm not positive. Um, come see at noon in events six from noon to actually two p.m. Japanese music on the rise with Gabs. Yeah, um, I've never. And done then this, actually so. in the same room oh. at three p.m. Okay, uh, come Wait, see is there one between s- us. Yeah, there is. Oh, damn it. Come see me and Sky prevent your VTubers extended warranty. Bizarre VTuber crossovers where we talk about wild VTuber crossovers, such as um, a Hololive member interviewing Robert Pattinson and um, Zoe Kravitz for the Batman. Yeah. Did I not show you that? No. I'm pretty sure I showed you that. I don't remember this. What? No, it's so wild. That, so it's like stuff like that. So it's it's going to be a fun time. So we're going to be there. We're going to be around. Um, I don't know if anyone who listens to us is going, but if, if you, you are, are and you see us, let us know. If you want to buy us a drink. Um. <laughs> Just let us know. Be sick. Um and hopefully, we hope that, um, you know, if any, if you guys are listening to this after Colossal, because you were at our Omegaverse panel Ooh, and, yeah. and, like, checking us out, um, you looked great, your cosplay was awesome, and your tits are huge. So, congrats. Slay, bestie. All right. Unless you don't want boobs, then um, your oh, tits sorry, are tiny. You, you, yeah, You're non-existent. Flat, totally flat. So flat. Oh, my God. Flat is flatter to ever flat. <laughs> um, okay, so what trope did you choose, Gabs? I have not looked at this in Gabs insist that it's going to make me yeah to the point where i was almost like maybe we reserve this for a special but uh i have to be like full disclosure is that i've heard of this before and i never like actually knew anything about it because of our ages when this came out um and i never really went back to like learn more about it so i learned about this um this evening and liz is gonna learn about it right now so if you know this the information on this already sorry Um, if not, welcome to the ride. So today we are looking at, um, well, not quite yet. First, let's say the trope. The trope is all human AU, right? We're going to get into why it's such a big deal in a minute. Uh Uh-huh. So in all human AU, characters who are canonically non-human are now humans with corresponding changes to their backstories. So, um, in a live journal post about the attraction of all human AU, a lot of people gave answers that ran from, like, um, it, they enjoy, like, bad fix, to easier to write, to separating the individual from their, like, non-human identity. Um, and then also in high school, they use characters who are canonically immortal or otherwise unaging are most often either high, older high school students or in college. 
just depends on the story. So really common fandoms where this happens in is Buffyverse. So usually you have the vampires being rendered human. There are also works where Buffy is not a vampire slayer that are defined as like mundane AUs. Mm-hmm. And in the early 2000s... I love a mundane AU. What can I say? <laughs> in the early 2000s, a variety of different terms were used to describe these works, including just AU to fantasy fan fiction. The term human AU was actually not really widespread use. I'm, and I couldn't fine. I didn't have time rather to find it. Sorry, my cat just jumped up, so he might hit my mic. Salem, come in my lap, bud. Come here, Salem. He's desperate for attention. Poor. He's um, so cute! Sit down, Salem. I'm not there, but Salem's so cute. Can you give he, Salem a pet for me? I He's in my lap. He is very happy. <gasps> I'm jealous. Um, but yes, so I uh, wasn't able to quite find, um, I didn't have time rather to find when Human AU like, was first really used widespread but it wasn't um definitely was not in the early 2000s probably somewhere more i would actually say around like 2010s when supernatural um type like fandoms were blowing up so and again you can probably think twilight and supernatural specifically for that um and teen wolf i would say and then so again mm-hmm. another common fandom teen wolf alternate universes with no supernatural elements it is actually the most common fandom in the alternate universe human tag on ao3 has over oh. 5,000 works this is also from fan I, lore, so this might have been updated since this article on a fan lore was updated. I also just, like, think, like, the, like, kind of, we, we've had this conversation before about, like, why I enjoy mundane AU so much. Mm-hmm. It It's nice seeing the characters that usually experience so much trauma and turmoil just get to be regular people and, yes. like, vibe, and there's no stakes, and everyone's happy, and, like, it also the highest stakes you. are, like... Oh, we had a misunderstanding and we have to break up and usually they're back. We have so to date it, for fake. We have huh. to date for fake views. Yeah. And like, so it's like, I feel like for like, I, I like I don't even like to say like, oh, it's easier to write. Like, no, like, y'all, like, it's nice to just see like our people, our favorite characters not suffering. This is coming from someone who likes Wump. Um, but, well, no, but like, not like, like suffering and like, not suffering in like a, oh, like, the entire world is going to, like, explode and everyone is dying and anyway. that's what all of my fandoms are, like, world stakes outside of, um, right. like... It's so nice it's- to remember that sometimes they're literally high school students, like... Yes. Um, other common one, Supernatural. And then something that killed me to see was Hitalia Axis Powers. Um, what do they, what do they mean? Like, so I guess like, because those are countries... So, like... Yeah, but they all have, like, non-country names as well. Already. Yeah, in the I canon. Don't, I don't know. I, you know, backstory for any listeners who haven't been here for a minute. I'm Jewish, and when everyone was watching Kataliax's Powers, I was studying for my bat mitzvah. So, um, I never enjoyed it and never understood the hype, and I still don't. So, uh, but I, like, I could not tell you. They're already all humanized versions of countries. Like, they're all already human. Like... Like, you're not taking away any, like... Maybe there's a supernatural element because it's anime. I don't know. Like, I don't know. like I, I could not tell you. Um, every and time then, we, sorry, every time we talk about Hitalia, I do have to bring up the time that there was Hitalia fan art in one of our college yeah. class <laughs> I think about that Research unhealthily. Methods 1. Because I was the first person who yeah. took it. Yeah, and so she took it a semester I, earlier than everyone because of travel I abroad. Was, Sitting in class, and no, I just took it a semester early because I was like, I don't got anything better to do. Oh, Why don't I just take so it a semester early in case shit happens and I don't get the time to take? But so, but I'm sitting in class and I just see fucking America and Russia from Italia, and I go, "There is no fucking way." There's Italia fan art. It kills me oh that nobody college. comments on it ever. But like, also, I guess everyone taking it is a junior in college, so they're probably too ashamed to comment on it. Yeah. But like, it kills me. And well, I had to see it twice, Liz, because you know, you we only had to sit through it once. I had to sit through it twice because I was a fucking TA for that class. <laughs> college level research methods, a Italia. And, and it's like, and it's like, it's, and it's like literally like paper and like color pencil fan art. It's bad. It's, it's, it's bad. Like objectively <laughs> speaking, it is bad. And it is it's, a time. It's so funny. Like it's very clearly like somebody's AP psych high school project. And they like Googled like the term. I don't even remember what it was for. It was, was I think it was term. naturalistic observation. I'm literally yeah, there you go. Like, 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 like naturalistic thing. observation 
Hitalia fan art. <laughs> so, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, someone definitely submitted that for, like, a high school or middle school, like, science yes! project. Yes! Yes! You found it? <laughs> you found it? Yes! It was on Tumblr! <laughs> wait, wait. Um, no! Someone also has! Oh, my God! Today, my psych teacher unknowingly used Hitalia fan art in her PowerPoint because she was thought it was funny. Was it a purchase funny. student? I don't know. I don't know who it is, but that's so funny. Can you link that to me? Like send it to me. No, on it's it's a it's a screenshot from Tumblr on Pinterest, uh, but I'm screenshotting it and sending it to you right now. Thank you. I, um, if anyone else wants to see it, uh, send us an email at tropdominance at gmail.com <laughs> and I will send it to you. But it's yeah. it's so like I love that this is like a common thing that happens. But to I'm other telling you, it's students. definitely the fact that like they just googled that like that for Google Images and that popped up. That's, that's yep. gotta be the reason. Um, and I think that's great. Anyways, um, and the last fandom that's common in this is Homestuck, also known as Human Stuck, which we kind of talked about last week when I covered Kid Swap. Um, anyways, uh, the reason that I was like, this is going to be a doozy, uh, is we are going to be talking about the Twilight fanfic phenomena called Wide Awake. So, Wide Gaps. Awake, Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was just looking more and I found the original DeviantArt <laughs> post. This is for my psychology class. We had to th- draw something we learned this past week. I learned um, naturalistic observation is the same thing as stalking, just more legal and sciencey. I'm um, myself. Yeah. So I'm. I'll, I'll send you the link to the to the DeviantArt post. This please. is great. Oh, please! I can't wait to sh- make everybody I know look at this. Um, you know, other people are like, this was used in my psychology class. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, like, dust off my DeviantArt account from when I was 13 just to comment the same thing. This is so good. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Continue on. Anyways, Wide Awake by AngstGoddess003 is an all-human AU Twilight fic, and it's focused on the pairing of Ed Bella. The author posted a censored version of their story on fanfic.net and an uncensored version on their live journal. This was likely due to a fanfic.net's ban of NC-17 content in 2002. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of controversy on fanfic.net with explicit um, like being allowed, and they don't even have an explicit rating, right? They just have the mature rating, and like you have quote-unquote like lemons and citrusy stuff on there, but you don't really have anything spicy the way you do on an archive of our own. And what, you know, what spicy stuff there is on fanfic.net has been subject of a lot of debate over the years and has frequently been taken down or um, authors have been banned. It's it's a whole story that um, we could get into another time. So many Twilight fans actually credit Wide Awake as their introduction to fandom and the first Twilight fanfiction they read. It was well-loved within the fandom, despite its depictions of Edward and Bella being widely considered to be out of character, which some people do consider this a positive, and the author's use of the term quote-unquote unicorn as a euphemism for an orgasm was embraced by Twilight fans, but others critics of the story found this very off-putting. And I also want to point out that um, this, what I'm, like, the notes I'm reading from now, I um, also took from fan lore, like, this has its own fan lore page. Um, That's and, actually pretty cool. And so this Inks Goddess 003, the author, has their own fan lore page. So this story inspired many fans to create art and videos set in the universe of Wide Awake. Each chapter was also named after a cookie, which then inspired fans to create and share recipes. There are fan sites and communities dedicated to this fic at the time uh, that this was written, at least. This fic was later removed from fanfic.net and LiveJournal by the author, who said they were going to publish an original novel that used a lot of the same elements as Wide Awake, but then they waffled on that, and we'll talk about that briefly. So the summary of this fic is just that Edward and Bella have dark paths that leave them severely emotionally scarred with nightmares that force them to stay awake. They meet and begin to form a bond during the night hours. And um, I want to talk more about the impact on the fandom, the Twilight Mm -hmm. fandom and fanfic in general and fandom in general, is that in Wide Awake, since Unicorn is used as a euphemism for orgasm, the term actually became part of the Twific lexicon to the point that the meaning was understood even by those who had never read the fanfic fanfic and inspired community names and pseudonyms within the fandom. I have to say that I, like I said, I never, I didn't really interact with Twilight fanfiction as a kid um, because I was into Twilight when I was like eight or nine and I wasn't really into fanfic until I was around like 13. So mm-hmm. even though I was introduced to like fandom around eight or nine, I didn't like interact with fandom until I was a little bit older, which is definitely for the best. I don't think an eight or nine year old should know that unicorn is a euphemism for an orgasm. <laughs> um, 
Other expressions used in the fic became popular within the wider fandom as well, and this is what killed me as, for example, Daddy C as a nickname for Carlisle Colon. I have heard that one still used today. And oh, I'm yeah. sure people don't realize that it came from this, but like knowing that that came from this fic is kind of crazy. Uh, that is really crazy, actually, because like, you know, I feel like that's really common. Mm-hmm. And then a couple um, review or like comments that not from fan lore, but like they were taken from other sites. I get what sites they were taken from. Um, excuse me, that were listed on the article. God, sorry, I'm like burping. Um, Wide Awake was quite groundbreaking in its day. It was, in my mind, the first big super fic, the fic that spawned fan sites, fan videos, and really captured the imagination of the fandom into becoming as obsessed with the fanfic Edwards as the Twy book Edward. Was the euphemism unicorn ever used in such a way? And an example of an individual coming across unicorn without context was this. Um, And they said, okay, so I was on this website and it showed Robert Pattinson licking Anna Kendrick's face. And on people's comments, people were saying he can give me five unicorns. And I know that they are talking sexually, but I don't exactly know what it means. Help. And I'm like that poor person. And I also can't believe that, like, I know that people still do it now, but I don't think it's as common for people to, like, unless they're, like, older millennials, to really comment, like, sexual things on actors' posts when they're not trying to do, like, thirst traps, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's very common now for people to be like, hey, actor, come, like, fuck me in the butt ten times, right? Like, that's not, like, a thing that you really see versus when the internet really first became used for fandom and, like, actors were harassed to the point of not being able to use their own social media. Um, yeah. A, a change for the better, I, I definitely I agree. say. Um, and then I wanted to talk more about that publishing where the author was, like, I mentioned the author pulled her works because they wanted to publish it. I'm sorry, their works, I don't know their pronouns. Um, so in 2009, when Wide Awake was still posting serious, serially, Ace Goddess 003 had plans to publish. And they quoted, I plan to edit Wide Awake for publishing opportunities and I'm open to pretty much anything. I have no immediate plans to be on any stories outside of the fanfic realm. I feel too amateur to consider any such thing. But by March 2011, they appeared to change their mind and said, when I was asked if I'd consider publishing my own popular fanfiction Wide Awake, I said no. And she wondered why this would be, since I'm so poor. I explained that while I wish others well in their publishing endeavors, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable with it, morally speaking. I have other marketable skills I'm more confident in. And then in 2012, they doubled down on this in a comment on a live journal post speculating about which major Twilight fix could be the, quote, next Fifty Shades. And they said, yes, I wrote a really terrible fanfic like four years ago, and there's literally no amount of money in this world that would convince me to, one, kind of totally exploit the loyalty and kindness of some really amazing fans that I didn't really earn, and two, put a ridiculous amount of emphasis on my first and worst piece of writing ever. It was written for fun, and had, I had plenty of it, so the end. Despite this, the author did actually eventually pull the fic, reportedly in order to publish an original novel using many of the same elements. So... Anybody, if you are in the publishing world and you know um, what this became, I am interested. Um, but I, you know, I didn't have much time to do a lot of deep digging, but I'd be very curious to see what it became. And so before we continue, Liz, any comments? Are you good? No, um, I, I'm also just like really curious what like, like, like that's, I think, really cool and like, we've seen a lot more of, like, fan fiction becoming books nowadays. And, um, and I mean, like, we, we are big Allie Hazelwood fans and mm-hmm. mo- most of our stuff is Star Wars fan fiction. I, I think it's really cool. And so I, I, it's almost, I guess, like, shocking that I'm like, if it did become something that this person didn't, I guess they maybe didn't want it attached to their old, like, handle or old fan works that they didn't try to like I don't know market it that way especially when the fanfic had such like a large impact on the fandom as a whole Mm -hmm. or you know I guess they also just like don't want to be attached to it which I also understand if they if their main career goal was to get into writing I I could totally understand it whereas like like Allie Hazelwood will will always be like the Raylo fanfic author and but, like, right. that's probably fine for her because she was never planning on being an author in the first place, you know? She she does her, she has her science stuff that she does. Right. So I think it's it's very interesting, but also understandable. But I also don't know anything about this person. So right. I, I really, I, I would love to see if it became something book-wise. Yes. If so, yeah, so cool. if anybody knows, um, let us know because we're very curious. Um, okay. 
Um, so something else that I thought really interesting because I was like, oh man, I want to cover this, but how can I if it you know it was pulled from fanfic and live journal? Like, how can I possibly talk about it if we don't have anything to read? So I googled it. And did you know that Wide Awake has its own Goodreads page? And I linked it here for you. It's that first link. Um, and if you uh -huh. look at it, it has almost 900 ratings. It is rated 4.41 stars. And I just thought it was really cool that it um, is listed on here as <laughs> on Goodreads. Like a, like like a, a book. whole book. And then um, it looks like uh, this author, I don't know if they, like, if this other work that they have is, like, more fanfic or not. Um, it looks like, yeah, their other works on here are also fanfics, but they have four or three other works on here, and their fanfic page is actually still linked, linked on here, um, and it looks like the last time they used uh, fanfic.net or posted something, at least, was 2020, um, and, oh, actually, I'm going to read this. It's a quick note. They wrote June 8, 2020, and it's, like, a couple paragraphs, so I'm just going to, oh, my God, yeah. I, I think I found it. Okay, so I'm... Um, they said, I've been kind of rereading Wide Awake recently, which is a big deal for me. I haven't been able to so much just glance at the thing since posting it, the epilogue 10 years ago. I've always had a lot of anxiety and negative feelings surrounding it, but upon rereading it, I can totally see it for what it is. A love letter to my favorite angst tropes. I mean, the whole thing is 410,000 words. It's basically five stories in one. And even though I could have chosen one and given it the justice it deserved, I didn't want it to end because, yeah, there were a lot of negative experiences surrounding it, but also a lot of positive. I sort of grew up while writing uh, Wide Awake, not just as a writer, but also as a person. I know it probably sounds overdramatic, but I'm honestly not exaggerating when I say that I think it saved my life. When I started posting it, I was in a very dark place. I kind of funneled that dark place into fictional people and ended up building a new life and family along the way. How cool is that? That is all to say I'm finally in a place where I can start loving this stuff again. My best friend Angel and I, who I met through Wide Awake, are co-writing a dark YA series of standalone romances with so many of my favorite themes. Trauma, bullying, addiction, social issues, violence, pretty rich high school boys being douchebags, hurt comfort, frantic dry humping, you feel me, you feel me. And the best part is that Angel, she's best of best plotting and structure, is doing something I could never achieve in giving these things actual direction and purpose without me having to drag it out for a meandering 410,000 words. How does she do that? I don't even know. It's just been super fun. The first book is 120,000 words, and the second is shaping up to be much the same. We already have a third and fourth in the works. Each book is a different couple with different issues, all existing in the same prep school setting. But I couldn't do this project without telling the Wide Awake world however few may remain about it. Because as cheesy as it sounds, while Wide Awake was my love letter to my favorite angst tropes, my work on this series is a love letter to what other love built. If you're interested, you can find more at, and they link their author name, so Samantha Rue, so samru.com, or on Facebook or on Amazon. I'd adore the idea of writing for you all again. And then they also posted a link to their book. Um, and they said, I know posting this as a story is against the rules, but truthfully, I have no other avenue to engage. A lot of my old fandom accounts have been removed or deleted. So I am very sorry. And I totally realize I'm a fanfic.net criminal. I mean, come on, fanfic.net. Even Wattpad let us send nonfic message to people. And I just think it's so cool, like, to see somebody coming back like that. And, uh, yeah, their other three Twilight fics are still listed on here. Um, and then they also have outtakes for um, Wide Awake, so scenes and stuff that didn't make the cut. And um, it's really cool to see, like, their stuff date back to 2008 and earlier. This, um, this is actually, because I was just like, I need to look up what their, their like, mm -hmm. their actual author stuff. And, like, looking at their Goodreads, like, this is, like, actually really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so fucking cool. Like... Yeah, this, like, this is a whole person. Um, I just think it's awesome to see, like, I don't know. It's, it's just awesome to see, uh, like, people really exist and, like, see adults, or, like, you know, who grew up with you in fandom and doing cool things. I, it's just cool. I I, mean, I, I I could, like, stare at this kind of thing all day. Like, I love fandom history. We love fandom history. That's the whole reason we talk about it on here. Mm -hmm. So... That being said, the second link that I have for you there, Liz, is um, somebody has a whole PDF of Wide Awake. Um, 900 plus pages. 916 pages to be exact. And Crazy. the best part is that it is typeset, almost like a textbook in my opinion. It and, is like a textbook. And like, it's a whole PDF with like fan art on there, like a fan cover and um, and like little, it's typeset. It's amazing. And it's great. And it says, uh, and then they link here their Twitter and their fanfic and all that at the time of writing. And I love the disclaimer page. 
Um, you know, it's like, this is so... Good thing it has a Goodreads page, because if I went through and read all of this, I want credit for exactly. it towards my yearly, like, exactly. goals. Exactly. And I think that's insane. So, like, I fully support it, but I, I love this. And, um, yeah, it has 52 chapters plus an epilogue, and then it looks like it also included all of the outtakes that were likely listed on the author's um, mm -hmm. fanfic.net page. Um, so... We're going to start on page seven. I figured we would just read for a little bit. I'm sorry. We've talked for like a half hour, not quite like 15 minutes about this um, already. So um, we'll read for a little bit and then we can move on. And then um, for anybody interested, I will link the PDF in the comments of our like the episode comment box. So if you're curious, you can look mm -hmm. there. So um, I'll start with, it starts with Bella's POV in chapter one, gingerbread zombies. I hated this room with a deep-seated, fiery passion of a million hells. I didn't mean to be melodramatic, really, but it was a fact. In the brighter daylight hours, it could be nearly bearable, but here, near midnight, it was anything but. Dark, desolate, suffocating, with hidden corners and crevices. I could feel the familiar fear and panic creeping up my chest just opening the door. I couldn't even get an ounce of comfort from the full moon tonight, blocked by the clouds so common here, and even more so by the Colin's freakishly large mansion towering outside my window. Aunt Esme and Alice had worked so hard to decorate this room for me. I almost felt a swelling of guilt when I reached in just far enough to snatch my school bag from the floor beside the door. Then I bolted away from the room towards the kitchen. This is where I had been spending my nights since I moved up here to Forks, Washington a week ago. The kitchen was warm and open, always bright and full of good memories. Nothing awful has ever happened to me in a kitchen. I had been doing all the cooking since I'd arrived. Esme was slightly peeved at first, surrendering her kitchen duties to a 17-year-old girl, but she eventually gave in, seeing how much I enjoyed the task. And it was such a rarity to witness me doing anything, enjoying anything. Thank so I, you for talking about Bella enjoying, like, Bella doing cooking. Because that was, <laughs> yes, that was that's something in the that books. was, like, a major thing in the books and not fucking touched once in the movies. Yes! If, uh, for those who only watch the movies and not the books... Bella, like, cooks for her dad and finds a lot of comfort in cooking and doing the cooking and stuff for everybody and, it, it, like, enjoys cooking and enjoys And, like, food. it is, like, a noted part of the book and, yes. like, a noted part of her character. And, like, when but, she comes home from, like, hanging out with Edward, she'll, like, make sure to cook Charlie dinner, that sort of thing that she likes to cook. It's just, like, some, it, it, it's cute, though. I, I love the little yes. call, call to it. Sorry, I had to say. So I made a careful routine of spending my nights in here baking, cooking, and doing homework, anything but sleeping in that wretched dark bedroom. Everyone in Phoenix called it insomnia. I've already had the lectures from physicians and professionals, all specifically trained and formally educated to keep my well-being their top priority. I've had the sleeping pills and courses of medication meant to keep me knocked out for the customary eight hours per night. Of course, they'd never really understood. It was not so much that I can't sleep, but I won't. I caught my sleep in 10-minute bouts during the day, though even then I would try to fend it off. It was difficult to do, and I spent my days in a cloudy, lethargic haze, but it was better than having the dreams. Dreams full of hitting and scratching, screaming and hiding, bruises and tears, and monsters that hide in my closet, biding their time. And those were among the more pleasant ones. The ones of my mom, Renee, were the worst by far. Her cold, limp body slung over the couch in a pool of her own blood, and her eyes. I snapped out of that line of thinking and began immersing myself in my English paper while waiting for my cookies to bake. It was a new recipe. I've been baking a new cookie every night for the last week. I'd adopted it as my new habit. When I lived in the group home in Phoenix, I could cook up a lot of things during the night, and the boys would always eat it up long before I had the chance to spoil. But Alice and Esme's appetites couldn't accommodate my particular level of nighttime boredom, so I settled for cookies. They always enjoyed my creative recipes and names. Thankfully, they haven't questioned my weird late-night mannerisms. They were only too happy that I finally gave in and moved here with them. They would not chance pushing me away with questions they knew I had absolutely no desire to answer. Esme begged me to come here a year ago when Renee died, but I said no. I had wanted to spare them my dark mood and reclusive behavior. I hated to burden them. Yet here I am, I thought bitterly. I let them think they had a kind of victory in my decision to move here from the group home in Phoenix, but really, I just couldn't stay there anymore. There were too many people. Too many males crammed against me in such a small space. I was in a near-constant state of panic, and it was exhausting, which isn't exactly beneficial to someone who's trying to stay awake. I didn't like boys, and I despised men. They terrified me after Phil. Okay, so I have to be honest, I don't know anything about this other than what the summary was, so um, I guess trigger warning for anyone reading this, it sounds like Phil probably like murdered Renee, and um, I don't know where Charlie is. And, uh, this uh, is very dark. Probably did other things, so just like, yeah, a just trigger warning for precaution. 
darkness, if you don't, like, we don't know specifically what darkness, but if anything dark triggers you, skip ahead five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's irrational, I know. Not all of them are out to get me. Even if they want, I wanted to take the chance. My mind and body had an automatic reaction that I simply couldn't stop. My old psychologist mentioned something about defense mechanisms and anxiety attacks or whatnot. I didn't care what they called it. I hated it. Never being able to get close to anyone of the opposite sex without hyperventilating was a major inconvenience in a co-ed group home. Suddenly, the prospect of living with two women was too appealing. Maybe they did have some kind of victory after all. Before was better, small and quaint. I wouldn't say I was happy here, because I'd never be happy, no matter the place or company I kept. I'd seen too much, but it was a few steps closer to happiness than Phoenix was, so I couldn't regret my decision. Ding! I jumped up, dropping my pencil, started startled from the loud sound of the timer signaling the cookies were done baking. Get a grip, Bella. Jeez. I waited for them to cool before I began decorating the little man-shaped cookies. Once the men had their costumes complete, I produced three Ziploc bags and used my marker to write the name of the cookie on each white rectangle label. Gingerbread zombies. It seemed all too fitting to the fact that I was, in fact, in a zombie state for most of the day today, as I would be tomorrow, as I have been for months. Five hours. Actually, sorry. Like, I was, because I was looking at the chapter titles and I'm like, oh, that's like, like, why are they all like weird names? Like, why are they all desserts? But that's like actually such a cute and creative idea. Like, all the titles are made after the cookies that she bakes each night. Like, yeah. Damn, that's sick. It's very cute. Um, uh, where was I? Five hours, four cups of coffee, and two English papers later, I had breakfast made and was already dressed for school, donning my usual black hoodie and jeans and wearing my long brown hair down. As my had already rushed out for work, gingerbread zombies in hand, sending a wry smile when she saw my newest creations. Alice arrived to breakfast perfectly awake as usual and bounced in bright, shiny, and bushy-tailed. She positively she radiated refreshed, positive attitude. It made me want to vomit. Her usual attitude was bubbly and excited. My cousin Alice was slightly shorter than me, with short, spiky black hair. We were born within a month of each other, and our mothers were sisters. Still, Jean pulled aside, we were polar opposites. She was popular at Forks High School and could make friends with anyone. I naturally shied away from everybody. She kept up to date on all the latest fashion trends, and I went out of my way to wear nothing attention-grabbing. She was excited and graceful. I was introverted and clumsy. See where I'm going with this? Do you want to read for Alice? Yeah. Good morning! Mmm, bacon and eggs? Are those waffles? With blueberries? She chirped and slid into one of the stools. Her little legs were swinging from the stool back and forth like a 17-year-old toddler. So help me God, Bella. I'm going to gain so much weight while you're here. Is is there syrup? Maybe I should pass on that anyways. I just rolled my eyes at her and stuffed some eggs in my mouth. I loved Alice like a sister, but there was no getting a word in edgewise with her in the morning. When she looked up from her plate, she stopped mid-sentence. Then she got that look that I instantly recognized as concerned Alice's face. Here we go. Good grief, Bella. You look terrible. Didn't you get any sleep last- any sleep at all last night? I cringed. I looked terrible. Jeez. Thanks, Alice, for the self-image boost. I simply gave a noncommittal shrug like I always did when she asked me that question and kept eating. With a deep sigh and a disapproving shake of her little head, she let the matter drop. Alice was like this often when it came to me. Concerned but cautious. She was always trying to get me to open up to her. She wanted to understand. I knew she only meddled like this because she cared, but I stayed quiet about my problems. I couldn't explain it to her right, and she'd just get even more worried if I tried. Um, I would mo- keep going, but I want us to not to go, you know, super long and have time for Liz's um, lovely trope this week. So we're going to stop there. Um, for anybody who wants to read along in the PDF that we link, we are halfway down the page of uh, page 10, and it moves into Edward's first portion of yeah. um, Wide Awake. So, yeah. I will say, I am not a big human AU fan because I love fantasy. And I know for that exact reason, Liz, you probably aren't opposed to the human AU tag. Yeah, I like human AU. I I read a lot of human AU if you also consider, like... Superheroes. Superheroes and, like, Star Wars where, like, they don't have, like, for, like, like, where they're not, like, Jedi or they're not superheroes. If you consider that, like mundane-esque human AU, then yeah, totally. I also like, I'm like, this is like kind of like a cute fic. Like, I love it. I'm reading, I'm reading a little bit of heads with Edward's PV. I'm like, he's so angsty. <laughs> when is he he's not so, though? He's angsty as fuck. Like extra angsty. Well yeah, that's very, you know, within fanfic realm of him. No, like okay. 
Um, <laughs> I, I also don't read much Twilight fanfic, so I, I can't say whether or not this is normal for Edward uh, fanfic-wise. For 2008 fanfiction, it's very common. It's just, oh, this is so cute. And, like, what was I going to say? I, I also do enjoy that they're, like, it's a human AU. So um, we can't make the Collins all a family yet because, like... It's fucking weird if they're all right. like if you have the, them dating each other. So I see, I already see where they're going. Where it's gonna be like, um, Esme, Alice, and Bella in one family, and then like Carlisle is probably gonna be taking care of like Edward and Jasper, and then they're gonna get together like separately. And so that's gonna be why they're right. all one family and dating. But I, I, I just thought that that's like it's cool, creative. Where is Charlie though? I'm very curious um, what happened to Charlie. R.I.P. Charlie, I guess. Well, like, we know for sure R.I.P. Renee, but she has a R.I.P. Renee 100%. So, Where like, the fuck is Charlie? Is Charlie fucked up? It, were Charlie and Phil in on it together? Or, like, what happened to Charlie? I don't know. Like, you have I'm to read like, and find that's, out. That's, like, what I need to... I'm literally going to do a, a search of this. I, I'm going <laughs> to search Charlie. Because, like, I need to know. Because, um... I know myself, I am not going to read all of this. Yeah, I can't say I will either, just purely for the fact that it was written in 2008 by someone who is probably a teenager, and I don't think I can handle 2008 teenage Charlie's not mentioned this in this at all! Really? He's just MIA! Oh my god, you're right! Oh my god. Um, but I also mostly am not reading because it's 900 pages. If it was like 10 chapters, maybe I'd give it a read. But yeah, um, sign it. I did find what happened uh, with um, just by searching. I was like searching char, and so I found churches, and I found um, the what Phil did. Um, so very fucked up. Uh, uh, very very fucked up. <laughs> no, All the trigger warnings. Uh, you can search home invasion. Probably will help you find it quicker. Um, so. Okay, wait. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm so curious. Um, how about this? Uh, I understand. Gab's literally told me I went through. I went through a a. I went down a rabbit hole before. Um, like before before like we recorded. Was like, sorry, I'm late. I went down a rabbit hole. I understand now. <laughs> I I fully understand now. I'm glad you. Oh do. my god. Damn, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Very. Damn. Um, sorry. I guess we can go. Um, speaking of R.I.P., I got Afterlife as my trope for this week. Okay. Um, so I guess. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of I guess uh, straightforward where it's like fix that. Talk about death, but within the form of, like, an after, a, a, some sort of afterlife. Like, I mean, like, you could think, like, specifically from, like, Christianity, like, heaven. Like, mm -hmm. that's, like, an example of the afterlife. Um, or, like, the good place. Hell. That's an existent. Or, or hell. Yeah. Or just, like, any of these, like, places after death. Okay. Um, and usually within these fics, like, the person's death isn't the primary focus of the story. Otherwise, it most it would probably be more of a death fic. Right. And, um, and it's not, and it wouldn't be about a ghost on, like, Earth, because then it would be, like, a fan fiction about ghosts, not the, not necessarily, like, the afterlife. When they say afterlife, they mean, like, a place you go after you are dead, not, like, I am a ghost living on this planet. Um, and... I love how it goes like some some common canons, which include um, afterlife. Oh no, I misread that. Whereas like I read common canons that include afterlife, and I said I saw Christianity, <laughs> and I was like, I love the canon of Christianity. I don't. Um, um. <laughs> I I know. I just think it's funny I where I'm like, know. I love that they refer to it as that, but um, <laughs> no, no, not necessarily. Um, but yeah. So like, yeah, just think about like or like. In, like, Norse mythology, like, Valhalla is, like, one of... The, is their afterlife, right? Yes? I believe yeah. so. I believe so. Um, so, just that. And, um, it actually is kind of cool because it takes a look as, like... Um, like, it, it takes a look at, like, the afterwards of death in, like, a comforting way or a humorous way. 
Um, kind of, I guess, in the way that that's why most modern day religions talk about an afterlife or um, not every single one, but a lot of them do because there's comfort in knowing that there's something after death. Um, and it looks as death as like the beginning of a new adventure. Um, um, I, I say this for most modern day religions. I, I fully am coming at this from like a Christian, well, I'm Catholic, but a Christian kind of standpoint of the afterlife is something comfort comforting and like a new adventure right. afterwards. And it's like, it's okay. Like they're, they're up in heaven. Like they're, oh, and they're I living think a it lot up. of like most fiction and fanfic focus on afterlife as a good place anyways, as, as like, that's the ultimate end goal. Yeah. So um, the fic I chose is called Tie the Strings of Fate Back Together Again by, um, I can't pronounce this, so I'm going to just spell it out. N-E-G-A-E-R-A-K-A-K. Hell yes. Um, on AO3. And it's um, it's Batman fic. Oh, babe. It's, I think it's Megara Ackles, like Megara Ackles, like Jensen Ackles. That makes so much more sense. Thank you, Bestie. Megara Ackles. I think. Um, But so I'll read just like the summary of this fic. Gonna be honest with everyone. I didn't really read it. Um, I was very tired when I got home today. I had a two-hour dance practice today for the aforementioned Idol Showcase. I'm very tired. I don't know how these uh, how p- these children learn these Project Sekai dances, but mm-hmm. holy shit! Oh my god. Um, but so this is the summary of the fic. Tim Drake has quite a few secrets. For one thing, he knows the identity of Batman and Robin. For another, he's an employee of the Soul Bureau. The a- Entity in charge of organizing the afterlife. Tim's job is to host souls that have been lost before their time, but are supposed to come back. When Robin dies at the hands of the Joker, Jason Todd's soul assignment is Tim. Which this is also just kind of an interesting thing where they have Tim Drake not as a Robin and as this whole kind of separate thing. And um, we're focusing on Jason Todd's Robin. You remember when I told you that Robin was different people? Vaguely... Yeah. I, wasn't there, like, an episode where I told you about this and you were like, there's different Robins? Yeah, yeah I f- think you mentioned that, but, like, it makes sense, right? Because, like, there's different Spider-Man, yeah. so of course there's going to be different Robins. And, like, logically I get that, but Robin is Robin. He doesn't have a name. He's just Robin. Robin is Robin. Um, yeah. Um, so, for someone who's never put on tights to fight crime, Jason sure is critical of Tim's life choices. It's a good thing Lost Souls never remember what happened to them while they were dead, or really uh, be in it for once. Uh, or he'd really be in it for once uh, Jason comes back to life. And um, I-, I think, yeah, I, my brain is trying to think about who speaks. I'm going to speak for Tim. Whoever come- else comes up, we're going to speak for. I don't know if we get to the point where Jason speaks or not. So, okay. yeah. When Tim was eight, his parents told him that he was, ma- he was a mature young man now and asked him to prove that he was ready to take care of himself without a nanny. The Drake um, heir had to be self-sufficient and ready to take big responsibilities, after all, so it would be better if he started practicing now. That way, by the time he was a grown-up, he'd be ready to run the company, and Tim couldn't disappoint them. He was ready for big responsibilities, so he agreed to the new plan, and even managed not to cry until their cab had disappeared past the gates. And he did take care of himself. He had two full days on his own before Mrs. Mack was supposed to stop by. And he managed all by him, um, by, uh, and he managed to make himself breakfast, cereal, lunch, cereal, and dinner, cereal. After he ran out of cereal, he used his computer to figure out how to take the bus to the store and bought more cereal with the cash his parents had left him. And he kept all the doors and windows locked and turned on the security system every night before he went to bed so that bad people couldn't get in to steal his parents' things. He was doing perfectly, but then his second night in the house by himself, he had woken up. He was woken up by a strange man in his bedroom, shaking him awake. Even though he knew no one would be in the house to hear him, he couldn't help but let out the loudest, longest scream he could manage. He kept on screaming and screaming until he ran out of breath. The man, for his uh, for his part, had stepped back, held his arms, looking down at Tim with a thoroughly unimpressed expression on his face, and simply watched. When Tim had finished, the stranger curled an eyebrow and asked. Oh, is that me? Okay. Yeah. Have you finished? Tim gulped. The man was still there. Uh, this was a very scary situation, but no one was coming, and his throat was starting to hurt. So there wasn't much point in screaming again, was there? Slowly, he nodded. 
The man let out a sigh uh, that almost sounded like relief. Great. Last thing I need tonight is a headache. Tim swallowed again before stammering out, Who, who are you? Why are you in my house? Are you a robber? The man shook his head. Do I look like a robber to you? Tim frowned and finally gave the man a critical once-over. He looked younger than Tim's dad, but he wore a really nice suit and carried a shiny briefcase, and his blonde hair was ne- uh, neatly slicked back. He wouldn't be out of place in one of the Drake industry boards ro- Industries boardrooms. It looked like he had money, and a man who had money had no reason to break into other people's mansions to steal things. But there was also the fact that he'd come into Tim's bedroom. Are you here to kidnap me? Tim shrieked, scrambling against the wall. The man sighed, but he made no move to approach Tim. No! Calm down, kid. I'm not even human. Tim's mouth fell open. Not human? Are you a monster? Are you here to eat me? Of course not! That's disgusting! The man groaned before shaking his head and muttering. I told management this was a bad idea, but does anyone listen to me? No, of course not. Why listen to the guy with over three centuries of on-the-ground experience? Management? Tim tilted his head. That was a business word. Combine that with the man's appearance. Me when I'm in my business meetings? (laughs) That's a business word. Uh, Combine that with the man's appearance in his briefcase and what his parents did for a living and... Oh no, this man surely must be be something worse than robbers, kidnappers, kidnappers and monsters combined. His parents were going to be so mad. Sir, are you a corporate spy? <laughs> but worse than kidnappers, totally a corporate Definitely spy. Definitely worse. Um, the man closed his eyes and drew a hand down to his face. No. Can you just be quiet for five minutes while I explain? Tim bit his lip. It seems like a bad idea to cooperate with a man who'd broken into his home, but if he wasn't a robber or a kidnapper or a monster or a corporate spy here to sabotage Drake Industries, well then, Tim wasn't sure what else he could be, and he really wanted to find out. After another moment of hesitation, he nodded. This Great. is you. Okay. Yeah. Great. Now that we're off to that auspicious start, let me introduce myself. I'm known as the Handler, and... That's not a real name, Tim interrupted. The Handler scowled. <laughs> a human like you couldn't pronounce my real name. Literally. If you tried, you'd burst into flames. Anyway, don't interrupt. I'm the handler, and I work for an organization called the Soul Bureau. We're administrators for the afterlife. Our main job is to direct deceased souls to their appropriate destination. Am I dead? Tim shrieked out. The handler huffed out an annoying, an annoyed breath. No. Seriously, kid. Zip it and listen. I've got 73 more stops to make tonight before I can take a break. I'm not a reaper anyway. I don't escort souls to the afterlife. What I do is connect lost souls with an appropriate host for pre-resurrection rehabilitation. Tim blinked up at the man several times. He really wanted to ask for clarification, but also the man kept getting annoyed when he asked for clarifying when he asked clarifying questions. Maybe this worked like school and he needed to get permission to ask a question first. He raised his hand and waved it in the air. The handler rolled his eyes. Uh, what I mean by that is Look, sometimes people's souls leave their bodies before they're supposed to, right? Gone too soon, young life cut too short, yada, yada, yada. So when that happens, they're considered a lost soul. They're not ready to enter the afterlife, not allowed to, in fact, but they're unable to be alive for one reason or another. When that happens, the Soul Bureau assigns them a host. A host is a living person that helps lets the lost soul spend some time with them while the physical body recovers from whatever caused the untimely death in the first place. Tim had lowered his hand when the handler started speaking, but now he raised it again. The handler sighed. What? Why can't they enter the afterlife if they're dead? <laughs> That's the rules, kid. If they're not supposed to be dead, they're not supposed to be there. If they can't, go, if they go in, they can't come out, and everything gets thrown out of whack. So much paperwork you can't even imagine. I Who decides imagine. that their lives ended too soon? Fate. Who put fate in charge of them? The universe? I don't know, kid. These questions are well above my pay grade. Look, let's just get to why I'm here, alright? Tim sighed. Fine, why are you in my room? Oh my god. Oh wait. He felt his throat drop in his stomach as the realization hit. Oh no, did I mess up and die too soon? Was it from eating cereal for six meals in a row? Is that how he managed to die? Then when he came back to life, his parents were going to kill him! Wow, you sure do know how to catastrophize. 
Sahandler said with a frown. No, you're still wholly and completely alive. I'm actually here because you've been identified as a potential host. He tilted his head. A host? Me? Okay, it was official. This is a dream. He'd eaten too much sugary cereal and it was upsetting his system. He was throwing out every last box of the, box of frosted flakes in the morning. It's not a dream, kid. Look, we already got your parents' permission. Tim reeled back. My parents said it was okay for me to be a host thingy? Usually when they signed him up for something, they sent him an email so he would be prepared and not embarrass them. Surely they'd this. The man made a wishy-washy motion with his hand. Eh, well, they might have technically been asleep when we asked and might not have realized they weren't exactly having a regular dream, so it's a bit of a gray area. But legal says it's okay to accept it as a parental consent as long as you agree to. Oh, Tim frowned. That made a little more sense. Uh, what didn't make sense was, why? Why me? He asked. Surely there are people better suited to being a host. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but I'm eh. I only just started figuring out th this living thing I didn't thing realize my... he was a baby. I Did you say that before? Yeah, he's like a child. I totally missed that. And I've been thinking, like, why is, like, this kid, like, why is he so in the way? <laughs> no, so he, much more he's sense. a child. They're writing him like a kid. <sighs> oh, this makes so much more sense now. I only just started figuring out this living on my own thing. Also, I might have skipped two grades, but I still have only just finished elementary school. I don't think I'm qualified. He wasn't an expert on jobs, but this felt like the kind of thing you'd at least want someone with a high school diploma for, right? The handler shook his head. Human milestones aren't really the qualities we look for in a candidate. Our hosts need to have an affinity for lost souls, which you already do. It's something you're born with, not something you achieve. It is true that you're a bit younger than we prefer, but we're sort of desperate for hosts right now, and we can enlist underage hosts as long as we get a parent or guardian's permission, which is already taken care of. So, what do you say? Want to help out fate? Tim bit his lip. I, uh, to be honest, this sounded like a big deal, and it was kind of scary. The handlers seemed to be asking him to hang out with a ghost that was supposed to come back to life. People at school already thought he was a weirdo for skipping grades. He didn't need a ghost floating around him to make things even worse. The handler clicked his tongue and shook his head while pulling a handheld phone-like device out of his pocket. I, like, lost my... Of course you're not. Oh, of course you're not ready. I told them to wait. I told them that a little kid like you wasn't ready for this sort of responsibility. Seriously, don't sweat it, little guy. I'll just mark you down as a no for now and try you again in, oh, a decade? Now, hold on a second, Tim said, frowning up at him. That said an awful, like, a lot like the handler was, uh, thought he was a baby who couldn't do this, and that was simply not true. I can handle responsibilities just fine. I'm a mature young man. I can do it. I can do anything I can do, especially if my parents said I could. They know what I'm capable of. Um, do you want to? Oh, wait, actually, no, there's yeah, not. Yeah, it's almost done. So like, yeah. It. Yep. Uh, the handler raised both his eyebrows. Wait, hold on. My cat's screaming. Let me pause. Uh, All right, I'm back. Yeah. All right. Seriously, I won't blame you if you pass on this for now. All I was obligated to do was give you the pitch. If I don't give a shit whether you accept it or not. In fact, I would strongly prefer if you say we should pick this up at a later time. Like, when you're 18. Tim's cr Tim crossed his arms and scrunched up his nose in indignation. No, my parents said I could, so I'm going to do it. I'll prove you wrong, and then, and them right, and be an excellent host because I'm a genius and a drake and I can do it. Fudge you. I love that. <laughs> That's such an eight-year-old thing. I love that. Oh my gosh. The handler stared at him blankly for a long moment before letting out a deep sigh. Fudge me. Seriously? This is who they chose? Oh, for the love of souls. Okay, well, unfortunately for the both of us, that was enough of a verbal opt-in, so uh, you'll be seeing more of me once your first assignment is ready. I'll just file your paperwork and get you set up for the gig then. He scowled and muttered some unintelligible and probably not English under his breath as he tapped out some things on a screen on his device. Once he was done, he looked back at Tim. All right, well, we're really doing this thing, I guess. Welcome to the Soul Bureau, Timothy Drake. Tim lifted his chin and gave him a steely look. Of course, Mr. Handler, pleasure doing business with you. And that's all I copy. There's going, there's a lot more. I just, I just copied a bit of the fic. But actually, like, I think it's cute. I love when they talk about the afterlife as, like, a business. I think that's really fun. Like, it gives like me a bureaucracy. What? It gives me bleach vibes, so I automatically enjoy it. Um, oh. But that's just because I'm a bleach stan through and through. 
am. But um, I'm not going to go too much on this. Like, I won't really read this. I'm not, as I said, I'm not, I'm into mundane-ish. So, um, yeah. What about you, Gabs? Um, I read, like, this stuff when I read shit like Bleach fanfic. So I ca- it, it ends up being part of what I read, not because I look for it. I see, I see. So, um, what's your social media, Gabs? You guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at LadyTheNerd. What about you, Liz? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at LazilyLiz. And actually, I'm doing a Twitch comeback every Thursday at 7 p.m. EST. I'm going to be streaming Guild Wars 2 with my friend uh, Miles, so come stop by. It's a fun time. It's funny you say that because I'm also low-key making a Twitch comeback, but I haven't, like, made a set schedule. I just started streaming again randomly. So um, look at us go in sync. Mm-hmm. Our, our minds are melding. What about the show, Liz? Where can we find you? You can find the show on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and TikTok at Trope Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Trope Podcast or their Trope's Battle for Dominance. If you need an email for any uh, reason, questions, uh, concerns, comments, recommendations, good maze runner or Twilight fanfiction, please email us at tropedominance at gmail.com. Please rate, comment, follow, subscribe, whatever it is, wherever you listen to this show. It helps us a lot. Thank you. Thanks, gamers. Uh, If you're going to be a Colossal, we'll see you there. If not, we'll see you in two weeks, and we won't forget this time. Bye. Bye!